There are people, Ellie, in a hotel. There are people that have different jobs in the hotel. There are people whose job in the hotel is to cook the food. That's a job. The chef, a Pesach hotel, the chef cooks for so many people. Very difficult job. There's a guy who's tasked with writing the names for the food. It's a, like, you, you, you see some of the names, like you never just serve chicken. It's called like, they come up with these names. Ch- I never knew Cholent is Bavarian stew. And there's a guy who's paid to like figure out a much classier way of saying Cholent. It's called Bavarian stew. There are people, all different names, like chicken fricassee. Basically, that's the chicken your mother makes. It's like somehow it became chicken fricassee. But you just, yeah, I don't know if they make up these like names. Tataki. Who comes up? What? Like tataki. Like. Tataki, you know, yeah, Italian tataki. That may be the green beans your mother makes. Like, you know the green beans we have Friday night in Yesheva? For now, I'm calling it Italian tataki. It sounds much better. You tell the waiter like in full flair. He asks you what you want. Basically, his three choices are meatloaf, meatballs, and chicken. But it's chicken fricassee. It's like, what's the other names? Other meat names. I have these names, a la grande. Like, a la grande is your grandmother's meatballs with like a sauce that's very, gets you very dirty. That's what it is. But they come up with names to like draw us in. Because you can't tell the waiter at like a million dollar peso. Tuna tartar. What's tuna tartar? It's a little tuna fish that we have by lunch. It's tuna tartar. Good, good. Maybe at the, it's funny, maybe we should get a guy at the dining room now. The cook serves delicious food, but to just say pizza, let's call it like, let's get names. Yeah, yeah, have names, like fancy names. Yeah. So in speeches, people do the same thing in speeches. I remember when I started my shul, so the one I started it with asked me, what do you want to call the shul? Like their people love fancy names. They think for like years about the name. I said, call it Chulent or Potato Kugel. I want it to be a good place. I don't like, the name of it is not, it's not what the perception. I want the reality to be good, not the perception. Speeches are the same thing. Like people label speeches. You should know, you, I, I speak at Pesach hotels. You have to give them a list of your names. So I'm like, I, I don't call it whatever you want. Speech one. <laughs> you know, Pesach. Now, trust me, Pesach doesn't work. Yeah, if you get the word Shaduchim in there, everybody comes. You can speak about whatever you want. Shaduchim, you know, today. <laughs> you have to get in certain key things that everybody's like in. So today's speech, like it has to be election. This is Trump or Biden. That's today's the, the topic. I hired a guy to write today's speech. Is Rabbi Isai, it's election day, so today is Trump-Biden. That's, I'm, Mamish want to talk, the guys know my great affinity for politics, that I, Mamish want to sink my teeth into this great debate, Republican, Democratic, liberal, conservative, Mamish. I want to, Mamish, get teeth, teeth involved, because this is, this is of such, of just such, just things that, the guys know my love of this. So today's, <laughs> I'm not a sarcastic guy normally. I'm not the biggest into politics. Me and Jonathan would much rather watch a Met game. Much, much. At <laughs> we're going to be good. We, we, we're in a rich owner. We, we asked the Yid to bail us out. <laughs> 
And me and Jonathan, we spoke to the Mets. The Mets were racked by a swindler, took all their money and left us, and we couldn't hire a player. Me and Jonathan made a deal with the Mets. This new owner, any investment he has to approve by me and Jonathan, we're not letting him near any swindlers because knowing our luck with the Mets, Jonathan, he's going to lose his money and some guy's going to rob him. If anybody wants to do business with, with Riff Cohn, going forward, has to meet... <laughs> It's Ike's uncle or cousin has to speak to me and Jonathan. Any business deal, any investment, if you want him to invest, you have a stand in yeshiva. We want to make sure that your pretzels are good and your push it legit what you're selling because we want Rav Cohn to do well so he could sign JT, Riomuto, and whoever else he needs to sign. But Kitzer Advarim is that there, there are people very into names of things. I want to talk about politics in an area that's very important to me. I'm concerned about this area, and I want to talk to you in a very serious way about something. And it starts with a mission and others, but I want to, there's something that I'm noticing that's, that's off that I want to express to the Hevra. The Mishnah says, Kol machloikas, Any machloikas, two opinions, that's l'shem shemayim. They have two authentic seekers, two authentic people who want the truth, and they have serious debates. The Lubavitcher Rebbe and Rav Shach had a massive a war, a war that's fascinating. Two giants, two giants. I'm a Rav Shach Chosd, I'm Lubavitcher Rebbe Chosd. Fabrent, fire on both. Rav Shach Sefer Avia Ezri is from the greatest svarim written in the last 100 years. Way up there. In Lumdus, you can't be better than him. It's like almost impossible, Rav Shach. The great Panovich Rosh Hashiva, the Lubavitch Rebbe, Svarim on Chumash, the idealism, Naira, amazing. Lubavitch Rebbe created 11th grade in Waterbury. He, because of Lubavitch Rebbe, we have an 11th grade. We'd all be finished without 11th grade Waterbury. We always express the Yeshiva as 10th, 11th, and 12th. 10th grade is that you want a person to fall in love with Yiddishkeit. I am called way too often of the 20-year-olds. He's 26. He's not from. I'm called by wives and mothers. My son was the best guy in yeshiva. And today he's not from. And time and time again I hear he was learning. I asked my son. A Rebbe was bragging to me that a kid in his yeshiva learns 16 hours a day. So I asked my little son not Anything, I said, somebody asked me to, about a certain kid, is he, do you, is he gesund? I need to know, L'tayel, is he healthy? I said, no, he's not healthy at all. I'm, he's learning, if a guy here is learning 16 hours a day, doesn't miss a minion, and I detect OCD, or I detect other unhealthiness, then I'm concerned with him. I might be more concerned with the guy learning than the guy who never learns. Anything we build has to be built in a way that's going to last, in a way that's going to perpetrate, in a way that's gesund and healthy, that's dvarim pshutim, that's obvious. And, and certainly, any type of construction, any type of building has to be healthy. Tenth grade in the yeshiva focuses on a guy falling in love with Yiddishkeit. A guy might need to heal from all different traumas, religious and otherwise. A guy might need just doesn't, frankly, his home was chaotic. He did not like school, was not very inspiring. To get him to learn, why would he want to learn? He doesn't want to be a Yid. So I want him to, it's called Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov. There are many names to these three Madregas, but 10th grade is a guy falls in love with Yiddishkeit. There are many guys come in 12th grade and 10th grade. 10th grade could take three years, 10 years, three months, three minutes. 
Different amounts, but there's 10th grade. I want a guy to fall in love with Yiddishkeit. 11th grade is the value of a mitzvah. Not in context. If a guy comes to a prayer, you're at Musravad today. It's not, oh, you get in there, oh. <laughs> okay, now we're getting there, we're better. No, 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 I, can't. I learned Torah, I learned Hashem's. We're going to study a Mishnah. The value of the Dvar Hashem. The Lubavitcher Rebbe has thousands of Talmidim, Hasidim, that go to crazy places in the country, Daniel. And remarkably, the guy who's in Des Moines, Iowa, I pronounced that wrong. How do you say that? Des Moines, thank you. How do you pronounce the Eskalish? Gabriel, I love you. Thank you for correcting that. Who in the world would say that? Say it, say it. Des Moines, you don't say Des Moines because yes, the S is silent, Kalish. Des Moines, Iowa, thank you for correct. That would have been embarrassing. It's only amongst friends. Maish Ray, when you get a chance, make sure it doesn't get out. They're going to say the English water. But let it be known, Gavriel, what yeshiva do you go to? Say it loud. A lot of people are listening. What yeshiva do you go to? What yeshiva are you in? Are you steigen? Are you becoming a... The guy knew that the S in Des Moines is not to be pronounced. That guy, I didn't go to here. I didn't go to Woodbury English. I apologize. But thank you, Gabriel. Gabriel Webman, Webb's right on. So, Daniel, the Lubavitcher Chassid's in Iowa right now. What's he trying to do to get a year to do a mitzvah? It's a remarkable. The guy has no pizza shop, no restaurant, no family. See, where my mind is what I put first. The guy is sitting in Iowa... Being Maisa Nevish with his family, getting Yidin to do a mitzvah. It's remarkable. They'll live there for 30 years. He put children on people. Lubavitcher Rebbe taught his Hasidim the power of a mitzvah. 11th grade, you need 11th grade when you're 64 in, in Lakewood and BMG. The 11th grade is Hashivas for a mitzvah. It's not in context of unbecoming. Oh, Ari, oh, oh, oh. A guy goes to Shear. Bachram hesitate going to Shear because the Rebbe, they, they sense it's like part of a construction. It's a very bad way of thinking because it's not true because it's a sheker because it was chashiv you did a mitzvah. There's a whole nice with Rev. Aaron was running over a border. Rev. Aaron was escaping a country when he was a youngster. And he left his tefillin, and he was mice enough. She gave up his life. Rav Aaron, why he did it for tefillin? We spoke yesterday, the halachas of this. But Rav Aaron had run over a border and forgot his tefillin at the last place. So he went twice over a border that was life-threatening, once back in the country and then escaped again, to this time come out with his tefillin. When he went back to get his tefillin, so for the smugglers to bring him back out of the country, he slept overnight by a farmer's house. He paid off a farmer who lived near the border. And at a certain time in the wee hours of the morning, well, here we say the late hours of the night, so it all depends what dorm you're in. So at that point, he... Um, he wanted to escape over, so he stayed at the farmer's house. <laughs> People are laughing now. That was yesterday's joke. But the catch is he stayed. He stayed at the farm. Yehuda gets them quicker than me. He's laughing at tomorrow's joke. But uh, the the catch the is Yehuda that he sleeps at the farmer's house, and he's going to now escape back over the border. The farmer sees him putting on the tefillin, and the farmer gets emotional. Says I'm a yid, and he remembers his grandfather putting on phylacteries. So the farmer asks, can I have an on? Rev. Aaron puts tefillin on the guy. Put on once in his life. Years and years later, Rev. Aaron became a shiva of DMG of Lakewood. And Rev. Aaron, this yid, came to Rev. Aaron in a dream. And he said, it's the only time in my life I put on tefillin. And I came, they let me come from Shemayim to thank you. You were my senefesh for those tefillin. Because you went back, you allowed me to put on tefillin, my own time in my life. There are places in Eilam that were opened up for me because I put on tefillin that once. 
to Rav Aaron. There are places he said that I can go to an oil He gets to visit certain sites. There's sites that are only meant, there's some sites that are only for Waterbury B'nai Ter. We, we have rooms there. There are rooms there. Those are the most fun rooms. People go there. They have great gifts. Shemaim, you go there, you get the best music in that room. That's like the, everybody knows it's the party room. And you get to go in that room if you have merits. He put on tefillin once, and he's allowed to visit that room. He gets, he wants to hear some nice music, maybe play a good ball game. Maybe just share some friendship. And he gets to go in that room because he put on tefillin once. And he came, they let him come to thank Ravan. The Lubavitcher Rebbe taught us the value of a mitzvah. Not in context of becoming. Twelfth grade is to start becoming. Developing. But by the way, if you don't have 11th and all your life, you need to go to 10th, 11th, and 12th. It's called Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, amongst many other things. Avram is falling in love with Yiddishkeit. Yitzchak's Avoida is Yira, is doing what your father did, Messiah. And then there's Yaakov, is the Shlemus of putting it all together. But there's Avram, Yitzchak, and Yankov. And becoming and forming, that's of course 12th grade. Some people are ready for 12th when they're in Koyal. Some people are ready for 12th when they're in 10th grade, 11th. All different times. I'll tell you when I'm going to start working on 12th myself. One day. One, one day I'm still, I'm enjoying 11th now. But the Lubavitcher Rebbe taught us the chavivus of a mitzvah, of one, mice, of one good action. And Rav Shach taught the world, he guided Haredi Yiddishkeit in Eretz Yisrael with pichos, with intelligence. Made a revolution of Asmada Satoira. Amazing what Rav Shach brought. And each one had a machlaikas. They had two ways. The machlaikas were deep things. These were deep, sophisticated machlaikasim. The Lubavitcher Rebbe Alpi Kabbalah said you shouldn't sleep in a sukkah. The Shach said chas v'shom against the Gemara. How do you, the Gemara says you're obligated to sleep in a sukkah. You serious? How can this happen all the time? Okay, that's Ashkoche. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Okay, okay. These things are real. Here's yeshivas. We're all Talmud and Rav Shach. So Rav Shach stood up. Rav Shach stood up for the Gemara. You know how dangerous it is to say anything against the Gemara? It's a danger for the history of our people. You know how dangerous it is for anybody to stand up and say, don't sleep in a sukkah? That's life-threatening. People are very shallow and small-minded. Do you know in Waterbury we do things, you know, it's a dangerous place. You know how much thought has to be? You could change history. You, you can't just do what you want. We have a rich Messiah. Nobody can change. Well, we feel, you know how many destructive things happened in our history from people who felt? Do you know G'daylem fought the original conservative Yidden, the Carbonade wrote a Pirish on Yushalmi. His Talmud started things that were way off. And his changes, he had good ideas. He said, you know, I think the chazan should no longer be in the front of shul. Let him be in the middle of shul. Wouldn't it be more gishmak if the chazan was amongst us? You know the G'daylem fought that? You know how much Mulchamais were fought? And the guy, what do you want? Keep kolatar kul, move the chazan in the middle. It's better, better acoustics. A gishmak acoustic plan. G'daylem fought him tooth and nail. And this person's children all married Goyim. A guy thinks like four minutes, you know you're going to have great-great-grandchildren, you know you, from you, you're going to have great, are you thinking how your great-grandchildren are going to look? There's, there's th- there are questions you make like the slightest change, but there are ramifications. 
Like an arrow in the hands of the strong man, so is the youth. A strong man shoots an arrow here, he could be a little off, but when it gets there, it's way off. The guy was like a fraction pointed the wrong way, but an arrow travels far. By the time it hits the target, it's nowhere, it's in a different stratosphere. Now the guy was only a quarter of an inch programmed wrong. Urim is the youth, people setting a direction for life. Rev Shach stood up, Lamana Emes, for the truth, and stood up and said, How can we defy Yigmara? Chas and he made a that keeps Klal Yisrael in the straight till today. Their best friends, you know who Rav Shas Chavrus and Olam Abba is? Of course, Lubavitch Rebbe, they learned Ba'ava Vireyos. Says the Mishnah, Kol Mach Loikis Shil Shamayim. How did Lubavitch Rebbe say that? Pikabola. Pikabola, I don't know how this works. Says the Mishnah, any Mach Loikis that's Lushem Shamayim. Is What does that mean? It will end up staying. It almost sounds like you'll keep having a machlaikis. That's what it means. Says Rabbeinu Yoyinah, if you fight L'Shem Shamayim, you'll merit to have more fights. Soifoy L'Skayim. You'll keep having fights. What type of bracha is that? It's funny, you expect, you know, it's not like somebody throws a curveball. Where they say something, you're expecting them to finish a certain when they finish a different way. Anybody who has a machloikis l'shem shamayim, I'm ready for them to say they're going to end up being best friends. That's what I was like expecting the mission to finish. Through a curveball. If you fight l'shem shamayim, you'll continue to fight. By the way, the guy who fights not l'shem shamayim, by the way, ain't soy for l'shem, they'll stop fighting. Huh? Huh? You're not l'shem shamayim, the fight will end. Ain't so game. It won't stay around. They don't, they don't it's really bad care. to fight with shame shaman. Yeah, but what type of punishment is that from God? It's not fair. Never fight with shame shaman. Rev Shach and the Reb. They're still fighting. They're Chavrus and Abba. They're fighting. What type of thing is that? Don't be L'Shem Shemaim. If you do it for heaven's sake, Daniel, don't fight for heaven's sake. The fight's going to keep going. So I would like to share something to you that's a concern of mine. What I want to share, Moe, with the Chevra, is we're supposed to have beliefs. Don't ever be Sweden in your life. Rev Hirsch wrote an article, an essay, that is such an important essay. Rev Hirsch was starting a new congregation. He seceded from the main congregation in Germany. It was dominated by people who were Ascola, who rejected all different values of the Torah. And Rev Hirsch seceded. He left, and he made his own community in Frankfurt. And Rev Hirsch wrote a letter in starting a community. There are people in a shul or in a group who say, I don't get involved in Machlaikas. You know, Trump, I'm like, I, the people who play Sweden, they're usually the people who accomplish zero in this world. We are born to have passionate opinions, to have beliefs. We're born to have values that we'll die for. We spoke yesterday, the big three, give up your life. We described the man who wouldn't see his father because they told him to take off his yarmulke. We're born to stand for things. Life is precious. It has to be turned into accomplishment and values that are bigger than life. It's something big, something life turned into something major. And we're born to have opinions and values and shetas that we hold extremely, that are very powerful for us. 
And having opinion is important. Reb Shalom Shvadran once came to a yeshiva in England. He was one of the great speakers in the Jewish people. And two Bachram, he had a speech prepared. But when he walked in, two Bachram were talking and learning. And one Bachram said a svara. And the other guy with his hands in his pocket said, why not? You say this, why not? Okay. Reb Shalom changed the whole speech. And he said, from a why not, blightmen are garnished. You become a nothing if you say why not. What's halts there? What do you hold? Why not? Have opinions, passionate fire. A human being is supposed to have opinions, should value their own opinions and feel them passionately. Fire. Don't be sweating. Fiery opinions. However, 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 so is the next person entitled to have an opinion. I can hold the guy is mamish he's a murderer. Kefi my shita, the other guy, if you hold to wear masks, the guy who doesn't wear a mask, mamish, he's a murderer. Kemat, kemat. By the way, I also hold, he's entitled to hold that you shouldn't wear masks. I hold, to me, the bells of rebel looks like, right? It looks to me like nobody should wear masks. That's what it looks to me. I think the Bells of Rebbe doesn't let his Hasidim wear masks. It looks to me that masks are hurting people. That it's damaging people emotionally. The Gemara says that a smile is more important than milk. I know when I go to the airports, I need, I need to find a therapist. I need to call up. I'll schmooze with the Bacher here. A guy will be, I'll schmooze with my family, with my wife. I need a therapist. I need a cue. I need a heal. You see darting eyes. It's like it's, it's, you lose your mind. You need to see a shmechel, a smile. Good afternoon, good morning. A smile, it's not a luxury to see a smile. So I think, I, Bells of Rebbe doesn't let his chassidim wear. So I hold the guy who wears a mask, a mask is doing damage. I also hold, he's entitled to hold you mechoyiv to wear a mask and I'm a murderer for not wearing one. He's also entitled to an opinion, by the way. It's painful. I hate, it's so annoying that he's entitled. He's wrong and he's a murderer and he's entitled. He gets people sad. He's entitled. It's so frustrating that the other guy. We have forgot how to be passionate and still the other person's entitled to be passionate also. There's Yerushalmi, there was a machlaikas in the Gemara Bab and the Das Yachid kept arguing, Rebbe Lazar kept arguing on the Rabbim about a tanner, about an oven. And there's a whole vikuach, and the Yerushalmi says, what did the Yachid hold? What did the individual, he was against the rabbim, Yachid the rabbim, Allah rabbim. He held the not called the rabbim because they didn't value the opinion of the Yachid. By the way, many of us hold the vaccinating. Do you know the anti-vaxxer is entitled to his opinion? You hold he's a murderer and it affects you in your school, but tough luck, he's entitled to an opinion. When we delegitimize the Yachid, we're not a rabbim. Yachid the rabbim, alocha rabbim, if you value the opinion of the Yachid, at the point you don't count his opinion, you have no rabbim. La you have no rabbim. We forgot how to value the other person's opinion, even when you hold that he's so wrong, and, it's, and his wrong hurts you. But so what? Tough luck, he's entitled to an opinion. Hillel and Shammai had serious machleksim, remarkable battles that they held. And Lefi Hillel Shammai was making mamzerim, was destroying the future of the Jewish people. Lefi Shammai Hillel was making mamzerim. This wasn't cute stuff. This was for the eternity of the Jewish people. And guess what? Hillel and Shammai loved each other. There was Ava Vireus. 
You know what happens when you fight like a tiger, but you know he's entitled to opinion? You're zeichet to fight tomorrow. It's chos to have different opinions. It's so geschmack to have different opinions. One day you're going to get married. I know husbands whose wives lose a right to a different opinion. I know wives whose husbands lose a right. Shame on them. And what a poor home. It's beautiful that there's two perspectives on serious matters and matters that we need to figure out. How are we going to live on the same planet that we have such different perspectives? That's the fun part of this world. Sad is the place that we lose two perspectives. Sad is the place. We have to learn in a machloikis to be five and not to be Sweden. Not, it's easy then to say, and many just say, okay, I'm not having opinions. That's just as sad, you gave up your opinion. We have to learn passionate opinions, fire, the other guy's mamish a murderer, and then shucks, he's also entitled that murderer to have an opinion. And by the way, he holds you are one. And now deal with it. And now deal with it, by the way. Figure out what to do now. And I promise there's halacha is what to do. There's anhaga is what to do. But we've lost the ability. By the way, in your whole community, you hold there shouldn't be minyanim. There's one mishoganos making minyanim. Figure out what he's a murderer. He's making minyanim. Hello, you're allowed to have a das yachid. He's a das yachid. Their halacha is what to do. At the point, nobody's in time. Whenever you find an Indian, Ramalkiel Cutler called my father up and he asked him to look into the anti-vaxxers. He, to look into my father's a very rational person. He's not like a person who thinks anti-authority. He tended, we all got all our vaccinations. Ramalkiel said, I'm suspecting they might be onto something. And he felt that way because people are making it. Like you're not allowed to have an opinion like that. You're, you're an animal if you have such an opinion. There's no such conversation where you're not entitled to an opinion. Be passionate and understand another person can be passionate as well. And then learn to figure out when you have two passionate people who disagree. You know what you'll get if you have Hill and Shammai, Soifai, Liskayim. You'll merit if you're both L'Shem Shamaim, sincere, authentic Sikh truthers, Seek truther, seek truth seekers. Thank you, Chaim. That's moins. If you if you that you're both sincere, <laughs> if you you're both sincere truth seekers. Thank you, Chaim. In the Moin Iowa, if you that you're both sincere, you'll merit that tomorrow and the next day and the next day also you'll have disagreements. Big schmack. I want in yeshiva a place of different perspectives. But fire, but fire, you, you, you're nuts to hold the way you hold. You're nuts and entitled to hold that way. Because you just are. And you know what you'll get? You'll fight tomorrow too. The best chavrus I ever had in my life, the best, we learned for six years, there is nothing in this world we see alike. We just, nothing. We wouldn't agree. He's not a sports guy. If he followed sports, we'd watch a game. We just don't agree what we're seeing on anything. Anything, literally, we'd look out just the stupidest thing. We can't agree. It's the best Chavrus ever had. He made me smarter. He made me smarter, and I hope I did to him, because I saw a different perspective. I can't stand it, and it's ridiculous, but it made me smarter, because he's entitled to his perspective. He really is. He's entitled to a different perspective. It's so upsetting. I don't know why, actually, it's one of the great gazayers of this world. Like, why is anybody but us entitled to perspective is so upsetting, Moe. But that's, the, that's how Hashem made it. Shucks. 
and we get much smarter, but doesn't mean not to be passionate. And it doesn't mean not to see it your way. That would be very, very sad. But it means to learn how to handle that another person has a right to see it a different way. Any machloikis l'shem shamayim, as long as you have two truth seekers, honest and sincere. Now it's always easy to go and say he's not really a truth seeker. And he want to do that to you. You're falling into a big mistake. Lubavitcher Rebbe and Rav Shach were two truth seekers. And the world was better that there were two opinions. It's a better world today that there are two opinions. So, and fire, and fire. And you'll hear a godl say another godl, mamish is a right sayach. He's saying not to sleep in the sukkah. He's mamish threatening the history of the Jewish people. He's threatening, and he should get up, and he should protest. And then you have another Godlu should stick that he learned from his father-in-law that a Yid should follow the Kabbalah and a Yid should not sleep in a sukkah. And you know who's better for it? Us, the Jewish people. Soifai Liskayim. There's Panovich is alive and kicking and Lubavitch Hasidim is alive and kicking. Soifai Liskayim. You know they're still fighting today. You know why they're still fighting today? Because L'Shem Shemaim. And each one's entitled to a fierce and fiery opinion. And the shallow, the nines of the world, nines are great. Nines are great. We need them too. But the nine in the anti why can't we all get along? It's a world of fierce opinions and different perspectives that are supposed to be. And the nine struggles with that. Why can't we all get along? The nine just wants everybody to get along. He's so uncomfortable. The godl gets up with fire in his eyes. Says, Zeritzeach. But that God also knows that the other one, Hillel and Shammai, passionate, but there was Ava Vereyas. There was a sense you're also entitled to a different opinion. We're the ones who gain. We have Hillel and Shammai forever. We have Din and Chesed forever. This point, Rabbi Isai, in, in, in conversation and debate and politics, the passionate opinion mixed with the understanding that so is he entitled to be passionate. And somehow there's a profound even avavareus between them. There's even a love between the two truth seekers who both know that the other guy's entitled, but it doesn't even take back from let's go back, you murderer that you don't wear a mask. You murderer, you, you're making the whole world depressed that you wear a mask. You can be passionate. It's, if you ask, doesn't it take away from your passion? It's a complex of you. It is, I'm still trying to like work through it. I admit, but all friction, that's where we be- I become me and you become you. There's a friction there. I'm so strong what I hold, but I'm also so strong that he's allowed to hold. And there's a friction, it's so hard. I'm so confused, but I hold, I hold the guy's nuts. And I, I want to say to Rutsim, he must, be, he must be not honest, he must be biased. No, Hashem made you, you, and him, him. And he's fire and sees a world that he's entitled to see. So maddening. But if you think about it, it would be such a boring world. Hashem made such a beautiful world of different perspectives, of many different perspectives. What we have to be is a truth seeker. And all we control is L'Shem Shemayim, with sincerity. To, to remove our own bias, we'll always be quick to say the other side is biased, that we can't control his biases. His opinion he's entitled to with fire. My opinion, I have to make sure it's without negios, without paneos, without biases. L'shem shamayim. For what I think is true, what I feel is true. If a machlaikis emerges, we're both truth seekers, soifay l'skayim. We'll merit to fight tomorrow also. Because I'll value, I told my shul at the beginning of this karina, 
that there's some passionate opinions here and different ones, and it's not easy. If we still maintain a respect for the other guy, and we're not going to always paskin, we're not going to make like a compromise always. We have rules how to paskin. There are people in places to paskin. And there's rules and systems how to, what to do when there are two passionate opinions. Baruch Hashem, we have a very developed Torah. And there's a very developed system. Rabbin v'yachid, Allah Rabbin. There are systems how to paskin. And it might go against the yachid, and we'll figure it out, and it might go for the yachid. There are all different ways and cases how it works. But not to recognize that he's entitled to opinion is not part of this. That's not part. If some, at the point that somebody loses a right to be passionate also, that's murder, that's not a machloikis. That's for sure wrong. Machloikis l'shem shemaim is soifah l'skayim. If we do it right, with passion, but with respect. With fire for our opinion, but acknowledging that murder as a right for his opinion. <laughs> Then, we'll fight again tomorrow. My Chavrus and I, we fought for six years straight. Every day, every day. Tiring, it was tiring trying to show this guy how to see, how to see something different. I'm sure it was equally tiring for him. Baruch Hashem, I think he succeeded more than me. He was smarter than me. So I think he succeeded. He showed me a different perspective. It took him a long time. It took him a long time, but you expand, you expand. <laughs> There's a reason you need to see what somebody else is seeing. I have a son who's cross-eyed. He's a superb athlete, but one of his eyes, he's legally blind. He's legally blind in one of his eyes. Superb athlete. But baseball, don't, don't pick him on your team. He can't hit the ball. Because he doesn't have depth perception, he only sees from one eye, his judgment, the ball, he can't see it coming to the plate. He swings and misses. He's such a good athlete in every sport. Basketball, knock the jump shot down. Super mid-range shot, step back. He beat Kaylee last second. Step back shot, he knocked off Kaylee. Zevi Gralla had the layup to win it. But he got us, he put us in front with like 54 seconds left. From the right side of the foul line, a step in front of the three-point line. My warped mind that remembers like the place. I think it was 52 or 54 seconds left. I can't remember. But right by the three, the foul line there, he hit that step back, Jay. He'll knock, because there it doesn't affect the depth perception one eye because the basket's stable. But a ball coming at you, you need to have two eyes. You need perspective to see depth, to see things. You need two eyes. If you only as Evie Gralla laid it in, with a second left or two for, for Waterbury to knock off Kaylee, an excellent team. But okay, just get that in there. But the kitzer is that if you don't have two eyes, you don't see depth. If you don't have different perspectives, you remain blind. So you need to hear, you need to know that another person's entitled. I get concerned in political conversations and debates. The passion is not the concern. Fire. But the sense and the acknowledgement that the other person is supposed to be fire also and entitled to be fire, even when he's the, even when he's the yachid, even when he's an individual, that sense concerns me. The, if you ever see in situations where the, the yachid is totally beaten to a pulp and ignored, understand you have no rabbin. There is no rabbin here. That's not a machloikis, that's not rabbim b'yachid alachik rabbim, that's rabbim and no, 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 nobody's allowed to be a yachid. There is no conversation, there's no psaq alachik rabbim.
There's no such psak. Wave the psak. If the rabbin acknowledges the yachid and hears him out and respects him, and says, and then we work accordingly, then you have a rabbin. Let somebody have an opinion, even a fierce one, even one that you think is so stupid. Even if, even if they say Kobe's better than LeBron? Like, even that, even yeah. that, even yeah, that, I even that. Do you have Ezzi say to say that? Excellent, Chaim, excellent, excellent, Chaim. But then we, we shouldn't be both smiling. This, this year was supposed to end with me and Chaim nose to nose. I'm just late to a wedding that I'm supposed to officiate at. Otherwise, this would end me and Chaim nose to nose. The way we practice this, Chaim, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous to say you could have different opinions and to say that stupid guy is allowed to have a fierce opinion and was supposed to go nose to nose and you're both sitting here and they're just like totally slugging it out me and Chaim, we leave like that. And that's how we like, that's we do the flipper, we both get into the van. We flipper Anderson it, we both, but that, <laughs> we do the flipper, that's how, so just... I'm a very visual guy. Please picture the scene here. Me and Chaim walking out, shouting the brains. But then we go to the van and have a beautiful trip together, singing, singing together to Lakewood. That's how this, the visual of this year ends. Fight passionately, Rabbi. Sahil and Shammai was teeth, was serious. Rav Shach and Lubavitcher Rebbe was serious. But Saifa and Laskayim, they still argue today. They are in Elam Abba. I, I hold the Waterbury room. We'll get to witness them, Be'ez Hashem. Rav Shach and the Rebbe, one of the pleasures of Eilam Abba is to watch those two fight. They're still arguing today, Saifa Yilaskayim. Because two people, if you machshiv the other one and know he's also entitled to be passionate, Saifa Yilaskayim. Now it's very complex because I hold he's so wrong and so dangerous and publicly acknowledge that I hold that way. And yet, and yet, and yet, I also say it's such annoyance that he's entitled to an opinion. That's a machloikas l'shem Hill and Shammai. If you ever think about Hillel and Shammai, and the Gemara says they were close, it's dizzying. And don't ever underestimate the power of their machloikas. They were arguing, and what they were arguing affected the future of our people. They were arguing if a kid's a mamza or not. Like it affects all the looks of our people, the reality of our people, with serious machloikas and passionate, and the other one held, the other one is mamish, causing from the worst disasters in the history of our people. And still they had Ava Vareyas. Amazing. I how do you do it? Like, it, it's, it's so complex. Gedolim have done it always. Gedolim have done it always. I know Eidos. I know Eidos. Today's Rav Shach's yard said, I just found that a few minutes ago. I know Eidos. I know Eidos. My father, these ears, heard it from my dad, who heard it from the Yid who heard it from Rav Shach. You heard that? Rav Shach told the Yid, my father told me the name, I'm forgetting right now, who told my father, who told me, that Rav Shach Davin for the Lubavitcher Rebbe's health. And he said, his dochot tzaddik after Davin for him. Wow. Are you kidding me? You heard what he said, what the fight was of Shach Davin for the Lubavitcher. Of course, it's Pasha. It's Pasha. He said, his dochot tzaddik. So he said, what do you mean? He got up and rabbin in front of Panovich, thundering that this man is going to destroy the history of our people. He said not to sleep in a sukkah. <laughs> he said not to sleep in a sukkah. I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I don't want us to be influenced by Goyim. Passion, yeah. But the sense that he's also entitled to be passionate, you can't lose. How do you do it? It's murder. 
I can't, dis- I have days, it was hard. My friend had a Tainus Debra twice a week. He didn't speak because he was Kool-Aid Torah. The, I didn't do Tainus Debras, but I was so mad at him many days. To him, I had a Tainus Debra. <laughs> I married his Tainus Debra, but only to him. He would say such things that were ridiculous. It's complicated. It's complicated. It looked like he was so unentitled to say such ridiculous things. But I also knew he was a, he was a, he was a truth seeker. He was a truth seeker. So tough luck. Machlokes l'shem shemaim. Two opinions that are seeking the truth. You know what you zayich to? You'll fight for years to come, and you'll have a healthy, robust environment. I love in the yeshiva a good debate, a good. Of course, we want debate healthy, but but the guy's mamish meshugin what he holds. It's not lessening the passion. He's a meshugin who's a right, who's, who has a right to be meshugin. Daniel, it's hard. It's hard to strike this balance, no? Because if I'm so convinced he's nuts, that alone almost takes away his right to an opinion. Hill and Shammai did it. That's, but that's what we're striving for. I don't know the answer. I'm not here to correct the friction. I'm here to say, let's live with that friction. Let's, if, we're, if we find that friction, we're doing what's right. If we have to in, in take, go out of that friction by saying he's not l'shem shemayim and things like that, then you do, you're delegitimizing. That's very wrong. You have to live in that area. It's the strange area that I'm overwhelmingly supposed to have in a perspective, and so is he. <laughs> this is how Rabbi Yisrael Salanter describes how a base medrash is supposed to look. He says that a Rebbe and a Talmud, a father and son, are enemies. Diverse perspectives. It has to look that way. You hear, Daniel? Have a great day, everybody.